You're listening to Ag Airwaves, conversations with agricultural aviation pilots and operators, experts and innovators who propel our industry. Ag Airwaves is brought to you by Air Tractor and hosted by Graham Lavender of Ag Air Update. We're here today with Andrew Moore. Andrew is the CEO of the National Agricultural Aviation Association. Andrew is going to talk with us a little bit about what's going on with your association and how they're continually fighting for agricultural aviation on a national forefront. Andrew, how are you today? I'm just living the dream, Graham. How are you? I'm, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I want you to talk to the audience a little bit about all the work the association is doing and and everything that's happening behind the scenes that most people are probably not aware of to ensure that agricultural aviation is at the forefront of, of everybody's mind on a, on a national level. Yeah, so as I mentioned to you earlier, it, this is probably one of the busiest weeks we've had this year from a legislative and regulatory standpoint. Last Friday, the uh, House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee and the Senate Commerce, Science, and Transportation Committee both released their uh, draft versions of the FAA reauthorization bill. And there's a lot of key elements in those drafts that affect uh, low altitude uh, aviation, such as, of course, agricultural aviation. And two of the areas that we've been really pushing for over, well, many years has been tower marking and logging. So the House bill, House draft bill, includes statutory language to go back to what the 2016 reauthorization bill included, and that is marking and logging of towers between 50 and 200 feet, 10 feet in diameter or less, in rural areas, uh, towers between 50 and 200 feet. So that includes logging, that includes marking. And unfortunately in 2018, because of the Goliath communications industry, telecom industry, they removed requirements that communication towers have to do both. Even though there's no difference in terms of looks and, and really risks of these obstacles. We worked with the NTSB to uh, agree that all, all towers that fit this description of 50 to 200 feet, 10 feet in that diameter in rural areas should be marked and logged, not one tower over another, they all should be logged. Anyhow, the House bill goes back to the 2016 language, which is favorable to us. Uh, so we're very pleased about that. That bill is actually being marked up as we speak at the House Transportation Infrastructure Committee. The chairman of that committee, Sam Graves from Missouri, has said that that will the House will probably take up the bill in July. So that very favorable. The Senate just perpetuates the 2018 language, but both the House and Senate state to the FAA, you need to get this done. They haven't done anything towards taking that statutory language and making it an actual rule. Both say that you have to get this done within 180 days or report to us how many accidents there have been for low altitude aircraft and report on that. Uh, sorry, my phone just went off. The other area that they addressed is 
is drones. There's a huge title on drones in both the House and Senate bill. The House version is pretty favorable. I mean, they, they are trying to bring drones into the airspace, uh, but the House version does include provisions that manned aircraft would be given right away in many circumstances. The Senate language is is very onerous in that you might recall last year there was a aviation rulemaking committee on beyond visual line of sight uh, rules, proposed rules for for drones. What that included was the definition of a shielded area, which would allow drones, certain drones, to operate in a shielded area, and that could be a hundred foot. Uh, vertically or 100 foot laterally from an obstacle. The obstacle could be a tree, the obstacle could be a tower, the obstacle could be a silo, um, and that those types of drones wouldn't have to give right away to manned aircraft or have any type of ADS-B uh, in signal if in the event that an ag aircraft had an ADS-B out signal to, to even know where they were. So very, very um, dangerous. It goes beyond and, and doesn't honor the FAA's safety mission. And we wrote comments to both Secretary Buttigieg and uh, at the time, uh, the acting administrator, Nolan at the FAA. Uh, unfortunately, the Senate bill would codify, put in, would tell the FAA to put into statute or put into regulations everything that the Beyond Visual Line of Sight Aviation Rulemaking Committee proposed last year. The House takes a different, much safer approach. Um, and again, would would state that none of this is to be interpreted as, as not allowing uh, or not having drones skip right away to manned aircraft. So those are, the Senate bill is going to be marked up tomorrow. Not sure when the Senate will take it up in the full committee. Remember that the House and Senate bills will be very much different. And as we all remember our civic lessons, you know, you have to go into what's called the conference committee and reconcile the bills into one bill. Uh, so you'll have House members and Senate members on the aviation subcommittees to get together to try to pound out one bill that they could both agree on and then take it back to the House and Senate for a vote. And then if that passes to the Senate, I'm sorry, to the president to sign. But that's probably not going to happen until the earliest, I would say, the fall. But, right. Um, right. but there are, but those provisions on aircraft giving right away, I'm sorry, drones giving right away to manned aircraft and those tower marking provisions we've been fighting very hard for. And right now we're big fans of the Senate bill, I'm sorry, the House bill, because that's where they're included. Right, so there's quite a bit of work to be done by uh, both parts of the government before that bill would even remotely get into something that we could comment on again. There'll be all, all kind of revisions, there'll be, and, and whatnot. Yes, you, yeah, the, the, you still have to have Congress agree on one bill, and right now you have two different bills in the House and Senate, so that has to be reconciled. And even after it's 
let's just say hypothetically it's passed, they do agree on one bill, then that goes to the FAA and they'll have to do rulemaking on all those provisions. So there's still a lot of time to comment. All right. And while we're talking about the drones, can you touch real briefly on the uh, article that was in the AAA e-newsletter and is actually going to be published in the July issue of Ag Air Update, encouraging operators out there to report these illegal drone applications to have the operators of these illegal drone applications actually, you know, have some, uh, you know, be, be responsible for, for not making the the applications correctly or, or following the law. Yes. Um, in fact, you can go to, and I'm glad you guys are publishing that. Thank you. Uh, it's, if you go to our homepage of agaviation.org, uh, you can see that, um, that effort we're making. We're hearing a lot of, of operators out there, whether they're manned, uh, aerial application operators are unmanned, that are seeing, that have spent a lot of money getting licensed, being professional, having good equipment. Um, you know, they're doing things by the book, and all of a sudden they're seeing these these operations, and they could be maybe farmers themselves that aren't getting the commercial drone application, the Part 107. They aren't registering their drones. They're not registering with the state. Um, pesticide enforcement agencies and that's all a violation um, so if that happens we're urging and we, we provide guidance on where you can access the contact information for your state pesticide enforcement agency or your FISDO your flight standard district office near you to report these people because what they're doing is against the law and it's against um, the professionalism that that you know our members, uh, your readers, stand for. Right. All right. So uh, to recap, Andrew says go to agaviation.org, uh, get on their website. All the resources that you'll need to make that report, whether it be your local uh, applicator office, the local FISDO office. Uh, if we don't report these guys, and it's just going to continue. Here's what's happening in worldwide agricultural aviation. We've got news and tidbits from agricultural aviation's best-read publications, Ag Air Update. Be sure to subscribe today at agairupdate.com. I'm Graham Lavender with Ag Air Update, and I'm here to recap the latest news in the agricultural aviation industry for November of 2023. First up is a press release from Valley Aircraft. Valley Aircraft has recently purchased Johnson Aircraft Service, both businesses are located in California. Valley Aircraft and Johnson Aircraft Service have both served agricultural aviations at Medford Field in Tulane, California. Valley Aircraft was formed in 1984 and is a well-known resource in California's Central Valley. In 1996, Valley became an air tractor authorized service center and in 2005 became an air tractor dealer. In 2019, Valley Aircraft expanded the air tractor territory beyond California to include Idaho, Montana, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington. Johnson Aircraft Service has served ag aviation and general aviation since the late 1940s. Uh, most people are familiar with Mr. Dave Johnson and the strong presence he had in California's ag aviation community. Mike Schoenow will oversee the current operations of Johnson Aircraft Service and Dave will also remain 
a presence of the company for, for some time, uh, ensuring a smooth transition. In South American news, uh, the Brazilian Senate is going to be holding hearings on the importance of agricultural aviation. There's been some pushbacks with some environmental groups, although Brazilian ag aviation has been around for uh, 40 to 50 years. The Brazilian ag aviation sector has seen phenomenal growth over four to five percent a year. The SINDAG, which is the Brazilian Association, uh, got involved with their national senate and they're going to be having national hearings and they're going to establish the importance of agricultural aviation in the Brazilian exports. Earlier in November, uh, NAAA emailed a FlySafe message and alerted uh, the industry of an alert it received from the Department of Homeland Security and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. They released a public service announcement highlighting potential terrorist threats in the U.S. in response to the ongoing war in the Middle East. Uh, while the FlySafe message uh, quotes in part, while the level of skill required to operate an agricultural aircraft makes it unlikely they will be used, it's a reminder to remain vigilant at your operation. Make sure you have security cameras, locks. Um, most people do that anyway, but it's a, a good reminder to keep everything locked up and surveilled. And lastly, in September this year, uh, Agger Update uh, unveiled a, a new updated classified website. Um, the only place in the world with a concentration of ag aviation aircraft for sale, for trade, or wanted um, is. It's got an extensive listing, uh, it's technologically advanced. You're able to search, sort, set alerts, uh, compare listings. Uh, check it out at classifieds.agarupdate.com. Um, speaking of professionalism, and I'm glad you brought that up, Hit real fast for us on the new CPAS program. How's that coming? Um, you know, make some comments. Uh, what kind of uh, participation are we seeing? And, and why is it important for these guys to go ahead and become a certified professional applicator? Yeah, so CPAS, the Certified Professional Aerial Applicator Safety Steward Professional Designation began this year. What it requires is state or regional Ag Aviation Association membership uh, and NAAA membership. In addition to having participated and calibrated a, an Ag aircraft at a fly-in clinic, Operation Safe Fly-in Clinic, and also having participated in operate, I'm sorry, in past the past three years. So whether it's the 2020 to 2023 season or 2021-22 season and then 2020-21 season those three seasons all of which again if you go to our website agaviation.org if you did miss any of those past uh, programs the past three years you can take them uh, online at our LMS our learning management software system so if you go to our homepage, again, agaviation.org, uh, there's an education tab that you can click down and learn more about CPAS. I think we're at about 20 people that are certified. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of benefits. Uh, more and more will come. But certainly the pesticide manufacturers are aware of this. And we have seen in the past where 
certain labels have required uh, participation in an Operation Safe Calibration Clinic uh, to treat with a certain active ingredient, pesticide active ingredient, um, and they're they're looking at that now as considering perhaps CPAS for certain labels. Uh, it's something they pushed us to do years ago, and so we finally brought it to the fore. Uh, also, insurance. Um, insurance companies may be looking at this very seriously, offer uh, more competitive rates for those CPAS participants. Um, state regulatory agencies are paying attention to it, and it's just a good way to market your business, too. If you have that special designation from NAAA, uh, NAREF that shows that you've participated in uh, your certified professional aerial applicator under our program, of which we will have even more rigorous requirements next year. We're going to have a lot of curriculum on aviation safety, on environmental professionalism, uh, video modules that you will have to both watch, be educated upon, and test upon to continue to receive your your CPAS designation so that's good that's a great program uh, I know it's been in the works for many many years and I'm, I'm glad to see it come to fruition now um, we're winding up on the 15 minute mark Andrew um, there's uh, a big event in December yes. uh, out in California and we sure want a lot of people to show up and, and show the support for the entire industry at our the uh, AAA's uh, Ag Aviation Expo is going to be in Palm Springs. Do you want to touch a little bit about that? What can we expect? Um, and kind of get some people excited about coming out to California. Yes, well, uh, I don't know how many people have been to Palm Springs, but if there's an area that probably has perfect weather, <laughs> especially in December, uh, that could be it. You've got the Santa Rosa Mountains. You've got blue skies. You'll have dry Mediterranean-like climates in the 70s. Um, just a beautiful place. Uh, we, we do know that we're going to have at least five aircraft at this point. I know Air Tractor is bringing a couple aircraft and then Thrush is bringing at least one. I think we'll have a Cascade and a turbine conversion and a Hatfield turbine conversion. Um, and a couple of helicopters inside as well. That's just what we know of right now. On July 13th, uh, companies that would like to exhibit may do so. Um, so be on the lookout for more information on that, either through our e-newsletter, on our website, agaviation.org, and on our social media sites, whether that's Twitter, um, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. So. All right. Well, that sounds good. I know we'll all be out there and and looking forward and you're not going to be wearing shorts right you'll just you'll be i'll probably wear t a tasseled tank top i'm not sure i haven't decided yet yeah right okay all right okay all right just gonna clarify that yeah well i really appreciate your time today andrew and um hopefully we'll be talking again on a future podcast this is awesome graham thank you so much all right andrew moore the ceo of the national agricultural aviation association thanks andrew <laughs> Thanks for joining us for this episode of Ag Airwaves. You can subscribe to this podcast with your favorite podcast app. Get a transcript of this episode and listen to others at airtractor.com slash podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on Ag Airwaves, contact Graham Lavender at agairupdate.com. We'll be back soon with another episode.